This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. To join our Tuesday night edition of ESPN New York Tonight, along with Big Daddy Ty and Jake the Snake, we're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN in New York. Also, remember, hit us up on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Hi, Gordon. Larry, how are we feeling tonight, my man? Uh, I'm feeling great. I know how you're feeling. I'm feeling a little. I, I, I'm not going to feel comfortable until this game is closed down. No, out. no, no. You're good. You're good. It's two Here's outs. Here's what you feel comfortable about. Here's what you feel comfortable about already. Ball's flying out of the ballpark in the Bronx. The Yankees all of a sudden are the Bronx Bombers once again. Yes. Including the guy at first base, Anthony Rizzo. How about that? Three, three home runs tonight for him. I mean, all of a sudden the Yankee offense, which went the first two weeks by, I mean, doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Getting shut. I mean, they scored more runs in this game against the Orioles than they did in that series against the Orioles down in Baltimore. So uh, you like to see Rizzo coming through, but Glaber a big hit tonight to get things maybe moving in the right direction there. Mm-hmm. Mayhew has looked better this He's year really than I think he good. did at any point last year. Yep. You got to like good. Joey Gallo even, you know? It, it, it's been Listen. such a banner night. Even Joey Gallo has gotten into the act. No one is rainy. <laughs> And even though his final line doesn't look that great, maybe mm-hmm. the most important part of tonight is that Luis Severino looked really sharp Yes, through those first five innings. Uh, it kind of fell apart for him. He gave up four runs in six innings, gave up a home run that he was, like, shocked by. But mm-hmm. overall, you know, let's just stack these wins together. You know, if, if the Yankees have not played all that great so far and they end the night at 11-6, and six, I'll sign for that. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. definitely. Especially with the offense coming up the way it is. This is what you're looking for. This this game, maybe not the eight runs from Baltimore, yeah. but this is what a Yankee-Baltimore game is supposed to look like. Well, I mean, I'd like to maybe shut them down a little bit more than this, you know, Litke mm-hmm. giving up some runs, and um, yep. Severino got touched up a little bit. But, hey, take the wins when we can get them, right? Yeah, you take them as you can get them. And, um, listen, Lawizaga hadn't pitched in a year and a half, so you knew he was going to be a little rusty. Yeah, well, everybody needs their rest, their rest Larry. Le- no, rest is very, no. very vital. Here, I mean, the Yankees are not the story, though. The story is that the Mets own – I mean, they cannot be any hotter than they are right now. <laughs> I no. think they could play a team, give up 10 runs in the first inning, and you'd still feel kind of calm. Oh, I got eight other innings to get some runs here. The, the way the Mets are playing right now – and. They'll never give up 10 runs because the pitching's been so great, so they are just flying high right now. And that's been the difference, Gordon. The, the starting pitching's been outstanding. It's what the, I think Incredible. coming into tonight, it's been a little over two as an ERA, so that's been great. And the bullpen's been pretty good. Even, um, you know, Seth Lugo's turned things around his last couple of, uh, of outings. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, Drew Smith is in now, so, you know, we'll see what happens. But you know me, we just keep it rolling. Like you said, right. stack them up, stack them up, stack them up, because here's what I know. Rough winds will be coming down the road. But for yeah. right now, you enjoy it. Well, Every not, game, I, you, just, you just chill out and enjoy yeah. it. I, I don't think they're going to win 140 games this year, and, and it feels like that's the kind of pace that they're on right now <laughs> is to win 140 games because when you win a game like you won last night and the way they've mm-hmm. won some of these games and the pitching they get on every single night, the starting pitching they're getting every single night, it makes you feel like, all right, how are we going to win this one tonight? You know? Yeah. Yeah, and what the pitching does is it keeps everybody close until the hitting comes around, and eventually the hitting comes around. You know, so listen, you you love that. Uh, loved hearing Showalter, you know, Showalter on the K Show. So you know, everything is rolling, everything is going well. You you can't complain about what is what is happening with this Met team right now. They're playing uh, pretty good defense. The bullpen's been good. The 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 starters have been incredible. And you're scoring some runs, and everybody, and all the new folks are contributing, and and that's what you. The, there hasn't been a new person on this team that hasn't done something positive, early, which is sometimes, which is not always the case. Right. Usually, there's a little bit of pressure. New team, New York. We've seen that where guys. It's not unusual to have a yes. little bit of a struggles out of the gate for any season, even if you're not new, right? No, like no. the first couple of weeks, some guys get off to slow starts, just the way mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, but uh, that has not been the case for the Mets. I mean, the only guy that you might say is struggling has been Robinson Cano. He had some hits on, you know, I think opening day, but since mm-hmm. then he's kind of cooled off some. So, but I mean, when you're winning games, there's no issues, right? There's no issues, but there might be one coming up. Uh, Joel Sherman had an interesting article in the Post today, asking that the Mets on Monday have to 
make room on their roster. They have to drop a person. Mm-hmm. And the question becomes, who will they drop? Will they uh, outright release Robinson Cano? Or will they, you know, do something with Dom Smith? And I'm sitting here, I'm reading the article, and I'm thinking about it, and I'm trying to figure out which what I want to do, and it's a no-brainer for me. Uh, goodbye, Robbie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think part of the – now, look, if, if Cano were looking like he had turned back the clock somehow, mm-hmm. then that might make it a bit, bit more of a difficult decision. But when you have Steve Cohen's money and, you know, you, you have the ability – you know, when it was the Will Ponds, you didn't have that ability to no. just say goodbye to somebody making all that money, much money no. this year and next year. But we wouldn't have, have Steve Cohen's money. <laughs> you know, if it's about winning, and that's the way they've approached this year, it's. I don't think it's all that tough of a decision. No, it's not a tough decision for me. Um, you know, you you go with the younger player, and and Dom Smith, you know, plays multiple positions. And can DH if you need him. So, you know, for me, it would be that would be the way to go. Is to it have would Tom seem Smith. that way. It would yeah. seem that way. But again, it's not your money. It's not our money. No. It's his money. And it's not my decision. Yeah. So Robbie's safe. <laughs> if he was relying on Larry, he might have some issues. <laughs> but he's not. So he's he's in good shape. I'm very I've been looking forward to this show tonight, Gordon, more than any other show in a while. That is because last night you announced yes. that, and, and now everybody listen, everybody go break your piggybacks open right now, get all the shekels you We're have. We're making money tonight, people. Get all the shekels you have. You're interested in money, this is the show for you. Gordon Damer will announce who the Jets and Giants are drafting I have cracked tonight. the code, Larry. I have figured tonight. it out. I, I don't do these seven mock drafts, this one here, that one there, all this different stuff. Tonight's the night. This is the only time you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. This Unless is it. they make a trade. Then I might have to change things tomorrow. But this is the only time that I'm going to tell you right now, I know who the Jets are taking. I really feel confident about who the Giants are taking. Mm-hmm. So we'll lay that out for you tonight. And I'll give you, I'll give you the chance to make some money. If you like money, yes. this is the show for you. There you go. Still bringing people together, aren't you? I try. Oh, thank God Chapman got out of it. Oh, thank God, Larry. I got the whole seat down here, but I was sitting on the edge, you know? He's making things interesting, 12-8 against the Orioles. That's not the way you want it, but you'll take got it. the job done. You'll take it. You'll take it. Even the birthday boy had a home run tonight, huh? Yeah, look at this. I mean, everything's coming up rosy. You know what? One thing. We didn't get to it last night. Mm-hmm. I think the Yankees really missed an opportunity over the weekend. The Yankee ownership, the Yankee management. Okay, what, By what, what not addressing the incident that happened on Saturday in I the agree. outfield with the people yep. throwing stuff, mm-hmm. in this day and age of digital tickets, yep. I would hope that Yankee Stadium security is finding those people and, ma- and banning those people for life. That is completely inexcusable. And the fact that Yankee ownership or Yankee management did not put out a statement, at least not that I saw, mm-hmm. addressing that, when it was an embarrassment for the entire fan base, I feel like it was a missed opportunity. I agree with you. I was a little surprised. I was a little surprised that they didn't. Um, but, yeah, you're right. It was a missed opportunity and something they, they really should have done. Oh, I mean, a great walk-off win. You come from behind, exciting. And to see that happen, because, look, I'm always trying to put myself in other people's shoes. Mm-hmm. I will never be in the shoes where I think – it's okay to be throwing garbage yeah, no. mm-hmm. at people. Garbage. And garbage, I mean, some of those cans look like that they were still filled. Yes, I know. They could have done some serious, serious damage there. And for those people, whoever they are, you know, thinking they got their clout because they, oh, I got to, you know, throw garbage at the Indians players, absolutely disgusting and inexcusable. Yeah, it was, and it, it, you know, it's a conversation that we always seem to have when these incidents happen, Gordon. And it's about, uh, you know, the 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 availability of alcoholic beverages mm-hmm. in stadiums. Uh, how often do you cut it out? Do you end it that you can buy it? Uh, then you have the group of fans who understand that for a price and everything, and they come already prepared. <laughs> they, yeah. they brought it inside of them. So that's always been an issue. But, yeah, when you have a situation like this. And listen, uh, the players didn't help matters 
But but we're not. But what know, they did that was completely inexcusable. And you know. and you're right. Like some people, you know, you, you can't you can't help them. They they got a problem. They can't hold their their liquor or whatever. But if you find out who those people are, and That's if the Yankees they're... wanted to find out who those people were, trust me. Put put one half of the effort you put in trying to keep that dopey letter quiet, and find the animals that were throwing garbage at the opposing team on Saturday, and kick those people out for the rest of their lives. That will yeah. take care of it. That will that will serve a better message than you know having police there the next day or some statement or anything like that. Make those people that you know for the for the normal people among us, we should have the names of those people that were doing the stuff that they were doing on the weekend. It's disgusting. It is and obviously it makes you wonder if you really want to go to the ballpark, Gordon. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, uh, John Boy Media does such a great job with their breakdowns. You know, mm-hmm. they show you all, you know, there's a father standing there with their kids in the corner, and they're, like, trying to get themselves out of harm's way. And, you know, as a father, that's the I, – I know if I were in that spot, that's the spot I would be in, right, like yeah. trying to shelter my kids from these idiots behind me throwing beer cans and garbage on the field like they're – like they're so, like they're part of the show, right? Like mm-hmm. they're part. Oh no, no, we're part of the story. No, you're not. No, you're, you're the not. people that sit in the stands, dum dum. Yeah. We're all we're all sitting in the stands. It's all fine. Cheer, yell, scream, all you want to do, but you're not part of the show. They're the show. You're the audience. That's right. Know your place. Know your know your role, as the Rock would say. Know your role. And shut your mouth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to finalize the statement. Well, before we uh, hear what Jay Will had to say about Kyrie and KD on KJM this morning, I know you heard it firsthand. Yep. Uh, you know, Pete Alonso got hit in the last inning. This Uh-oh. is the 17th Met that has gotten hit this season. 17. I'm actually surprised that more guys are not getting hit because the the removing of the sticky stuff, which, uh-huh. look, guys started to weaponize it clearly – but the reason why guys like to have that so they can control the baseball. Yeah. So uh, and the Mets have gotten it to an extreme. I don't know who the second most hit team is. It seems like the Mets are getting a guy. They could sponsor it at this point. It happens yeah, so often with them. Yeah. Uh, but I'm actually kind of surprised it hasn't been more of a, an ongoing story across baseball. Uh, my suggestion is they reach out to Icy Hot. <laughs> and, and this hit Something. batsman <laughs> brought to you by Icy Hot. <laughs> you have to go and rub the, you know, rub it down, rub rub your body down, and everything. Well, baseball is supposed to be working on some sort of substance that will be legal for pitchers to oh, use. Here we go. You know, guys, here let's get let, let's get on let's get on the scientists a little bit. Let's do something here, guys. Let's get working on it rather than pitch calm. Let's get the balls and strikes called effectively. How about that part of the game? You know what I don't understand? Yeah, go ahead. Tennis, they have a replay system in tennis. You challenge Mm -hmm. it. You tell the 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 umpire was the guy, the 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 chair guy. Yep. The guy in the chair. Mm -hmm. And boom! Right away, they look at it. Right away, they put it up on the big screen. Right away. There it is. It's a box. Yep. The strike zone's a box. Mm -hmm. It's it's all boxes. Can't we go? Can't we transfer that box to this box? I don't understand. I'm still trying to figure out why the box doesn't match with the with the home with home plate. <laughs> oh because well, I mean, <laughs> it's almost you know they've almost kind of ruined watching the game to a certain degree because everybody's now an expert at home. Yeah, exactly. You, you, like if that box didn't exist, you'd be like, ah, it was a little bit off the plate. But then when you see it in the box, you're like, oh no, that was like five inches outside. Yeah, what are you talking about? What's he talking about? <laughs> right. You imagine so how far Angel going? Hernandez would be calling balls outside then. Oh. Forget it. Oh, he has such a bad strike zone. He's oh, so bad. my. It's, it's so bad. Everybody, it's the one thing that brings everybody together in baseball. Players, owners, everybody. Mm-hmm. Angel Hernandez is terrible. Yeah, that's exactly. That's the Let one him thing just keep doing the job, on. though. There you go. All right, listen, you know, he's, uh, he's hanging in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's thriving. He's living his best life. No repercussions. He hey, really blew a is. whole bunch of calls. <laughs> Five days, I'll be back behind the plate. That's right. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'll, you think I blew those? Let me show you the, 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 the next <laughs> right. game. Yeah. Oh, you, see, you, you ain't better. seen oh, nothing yeah. yet, right? Exactly. This is easy. Well, the conversation continues, Gordon. It's about the Brooklyn Nets who were swept. Every, remember, this was a team that most people thought were going to be in the finals. 
And uh, it's the day after. And Jay Will on KJM, that's our morning show from 8 to 10 here on 98.7 ESPN. Had this thought about Kyrie Irving. Here's what he had to say. I don't need to hear any more words from Kyrie. I need to see your play on the court. And your play on the court showed me something different than the words you delivered after the game. Because on the court, I saw a guy who was passive. I didn't see a guy who was aggressive. I didn't see a guy that was playing like his back was against the wall. After the game was over, this blows my mind. After the game was over, brother, I'm watching Kyrie on the floor. And he's hugging and he's smiling with his former teammates after they've gotten swept. Swept. They got swept. How do you have a smile on your face? All right, Jay Will. Now let's see what you have to say about uh, Kevin Durant. The only way the Nets will ever win a world championship is if Kevin Durant becomes the bus driver. KD on paper looks like the bus driver, but he's not. It's been Kyrie. It's been Kyrie since KD followed him to Brooklyn. Let me tell you a shift that I saw last night for KD to become the bus driver. Did you notice throughout the entire game, KD was being uber aggressive? By the way, every time Kyrie scored, you didn't see any of those fancy handshakes. You didn't see any of those dapping up. KD barely looked at him. There's a shift that needs to occur in Brooklyn. KD needs to be the bus driver. And I think I saw it last night for the first time where it says, it doesn't matter what the hell happens. Get out of my way. Either you're on my bus or if you're not get the hell off you know what's so funny about this gordon you flash back oh about eight nine years and this is the same conversation people were having about kd and westbrook russell westbrook shoots too much why is why isn't kd taking the last shots why is he more aggressive whose team is this this is kd's team why is all the why is russell westbrook doing all the shooting and scoring why does it it is it's amazing it's amazing it's two talented guards. It's 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 uh, you know, and it's a an unbelievable scoring machine in Kevin Durant, who is normally extremely efficient. And we give Boston credit, as we've said all during the series, for what they were able to do. But you know, listen, um, Jay Will is right. You've said it. A number of people have said it. This is really KD's team. KD is the front runner here. He is the star of the show. He's the headliner. And, uh, you know, he's he's got to make more decisions and put his foot down like it. Yeah, I, I think that until the Nets solve their Kyrie Irving issue, uh, it kind of feels like they're doomed, right? Mm-hmm. Because it feels like, and look, it's a, the offseason has just begun, so maybe something changes. Maybe Kevin Durant finally says, you know what, that, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore, get this guy out of here at any cost. But you just take a look at they have the two most unreliable people that you could ever have, and they're relying on them. Mm. Like the reasons that I'm hearing for why things will be better next year for Brooklyn is, well, Kyrie will now have the mandate thing lifted. You know, that that won't be an issue, so he'll be able to play an entire season, so they'll have more chemistry. Kyrie never plays an entire season. He's all, He has played. I figured it out today, Larry. He has played in 45% of the Nets' games since signing with Brooklyn. Mm, mm. 45%. Mm, not even half. And he's the more reliable of the two between him and Ben Simmons. Yeah. I, don't, I honestly do not think Ben Simmons will ever play again. Wow. I don't think he'll ever play for the Nets. That's for sure. I mean, how could you ever have any faith that this guy would ever play again? Yeah, you're right. You're right. If it's, if it's a mental block... What are the st- – you know, if it's a broken bone, okay, we know how to heal that, right? If it's, a, if it's a tendon, if it's this thing, if it's that thing, we know how to heal those things. A mental block that's, that's had him sit out the entire season? How, when's that going away? H- how do you alleviate that? Nobody knows. Nobody knows, including him. Nobody- I think – yeah, I, I think the first one, though, is you have to figure out w- what you're doing with Kyrie because, mm-hmm. you know, if they are going to have him – re-up with a new five-year contract, it kind of feels like that's that's doomed to fail. Yeah, unless uh, Kevin Durant puts his foot down and this is how we run things here. And unless that changes, I kind of agree with you. Stephen A. Smith was on first take today, and he gave his thoughts on what the Nets need to do in the offseason to turn things around. You can't have these guys back and Steve Nash still coaching them. 
that ain't going to cut it. If you're going to keep Steve Nash because it's really, really about the roster, then here's what you have to do. You have to go to Kevin Durant, and you have to look him in his face, and you have to say, my brother, we gave you three years. We've given you your money. We gave you three years of giving you everything you've wanted. These brothers, this assemblage that you convinced us to put together has let you down. We need you to let us and trust us to do our job. Kyrie needs to go. <laughs> But don't, don't you think Kevin Durant has already heard that Kyrie has yeah. to go? Don't you think he knows? Right. Like, <laughs> what do you think he was thinking this entire season? And that's really where it all fell apart. That's, that is the, the first domino that fell. Kyrie's decision not to get vaccinated, to miss all that time. Mm -hmm. That's what led to Harden getting fed up. That's what led to the Simmons trade. That's what led to KD getting hurt. All the things came back to him, and it's not an isolated incident with the guy. The guy is toxic. He is. And the other issue they have is from a financial standpoint, Gordon. Yeah. Uh, he's, KD's making a lot of money. Kyrie's making a lot of money. Ben Simmons, if he stays, is making a lot of money. So where do you, where, where do you get the money to put together a reasonable team to fill out that roster? Where are you going to do? You, you clearly have to make some changes on the roster. And you got Joe Harris coming back who you've signed. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got you got five centers. You don't need yeah. five centers. You got a bunch of forwards. You don't need them. You got a bunch of guards. You, you got you to streamline this team, and you're going to have to make some, some, you know, some harsh decisions about where this team is going to go. You, and here's the other thing. They have to do it and, in turn, try to get more athletic. See, what they did was they pounded everybody with, okay, we got experience. We got, you know, this will help us. with You know, they, they, they were almost like Lakers East. <laughs> you look at Aldridge and Griffith and, you know, guys like that. I mean, you know, Drogic you added this year, who I don't think will be back. But, you know, you're really going to have to try to scale back a little bit younger and, and hopefully save some money. And I don't know how you're going to do the talent to supplement what you need, what you were lacking on this team this year. They made two separate deals to put them – like they went all in on two separate deals. The Harden deal, they did everything they could to make that deal happen, thinking that would put them over the top. And then when that fell apart with Harden, they made another deal where it was like kind of going all in and, and, and getting Harden out of here. And they've twisted themselves in such knots. They don't have a lot of resources left no. in terms of picks or in terms of depth or in terms of any of these things – so now they got to kind of untie all these knots, and that's not that's that's not something that happens quickly, especially not when you have to. You know, usually if you do those kind of deals and you win a championship, if it all falls apart later on, who the hell cares? You won a championship, mm -hmm. but they got swept in the first round, and now they have to deal with the repercussions. That's right. And what are you gonna do with your head coach? Are you bringing him back? Go ask KD. He says he's coming back. Yeah. I think he has better job security than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy, but I think he's got better job security than anybody. You might be right. You might be right. But that could be just to remember that was before the game. It wasn't after the game. <laughs> uh, so, no, I think wasn't that after the game I as well. It was before. Well, it could be. Uh, 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 look, be. if, 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 if they, if, if, if Kevin Durant makes up his mind that he does not want Steve Nash anymore, you and I both know, Larry, Steve Nash will not be the head coach anymore. That's right. He won't be, he won't be, or, or what they might do. Here's what they might do. They might uh, – some of the official – the assistant coaches will be sacrificials. Let's oh, yeah, that's Steve possible. with some more veteran leadership. Remember, D'Antoni was there in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then he left to pursue another job, allegedly. Um, so, you know, he was there to give him some experience because, you know, once again, Steve didn't have any experience. So, you know, maybe they'll do that. Keep, you know, keep Nash – Add some more veteran coaches on the assistants around him, so they'll help. So, so they can coach the rest of the team because you know the leading two don't need a coach. No, they and sometimes they take. It's a funny the playoffs. They that, that was not their days to coach. No, no, no. The, no, no. the four games against the Celtics. Strangely, what weird scheduling, right? Like we, they can they can alternate that head coaching title all these different ways and different times, mm -hmm. but the four times that they came up the smallest, it just so happened the the uh, the weirdness of the schedule. Those were all Steve Nash days. Yeah, how strange. Just his luck, right? 
Just his luck. Boy, <laughs> poor, the poor guy. 1-800-919-3776. When we return, we'll take your phone calls. Also, we'll go to the ballparks next hour, and we'll find out who the Jets and Giants are drafting. Plus, will somebody like something other than the Sopranos? Lots to do next hour on 98.7 ESPN. Talking to you. Let's go to the phones, Gordon. Let's Roscoe is in Brooklyn. What's up, Roscoe? You guys hear me? Yes. Yeah, we got you. Oh, so I, I know something that's better. Before I get to my, my point, I know something that's better than the Sopranos. All right. And, it, and it's three letters. You know what that is, guys? Well, well we have to keep in mind, Roscoe, that we're that's on a, a Disney said, station, so we have I, to we have to keep why, it above board here, my friend. You know, don't get us fired. That's why. No, because you guys keep saying, no, I want to know what's better than the Sopranos. Well, we yes, know, no, if we but... want to go in the gutter with you, Roscoe, we understand <laughs> these things. We've got to keep it above board, my I friend. Know, I know, I know, I know. So, real, real quick, um, yo, Larry, yes. you think Atlanta will pick up the phone and just, like, just talk to us? And, and I would like Hunter, I would like Collins, and I would like, um, <laughs> what? Uh, what's his other name? I like uh, Trey Young too. What'd you ask for him? No, 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 no. Because yesterday I, I overheard them say that you know Atlanta's missing like the, a, a key, another star player. Jr's available. Let, let's hey, let's give him Randall. Now, also, isn't it weird that in this playoffs there's so many Knicks and Brooklyn players, ex players that are just just making the playoffs so much fun, especially Bullock. Who doesn't miss a three? I want to know why we got rid of Bullock and brought Fournay. Like, you know, things like that is what, what confuses me about the New York Knicks organization. And we're so far away because Miami said three of the best players today and still pulled it off. Like, are we so far away? Like, are we so blind? And, and you know what I mean with the Knicks. Like, we're, mm. we're like, so far away. Like, I'm frustrated. I'm just frustrated. Brooklyn, I you, Roscoe. I you didn't you. even win one game. Like, Brooklyn, why don't you go get – no, you know what they need to go do, Larry, now? What? what? Why don't what? they go get, get Phil Jackson at this No, point? no, go we didn't. No, no, we did that already, Please, Roscoe. No. Thanks for the phone call. No, oh, no, Yeah, no, let no. them do that. Yeah, we did it. You know, it worked out uh, great for us. Why well, don't you go do it? Go get Phil. He's in Montana somewhere. See, Roscoe, here's what you have to remember. They want another player in addition to what they have in Atlanta, not in exchange yeah. <laughs> for what they have I, in Atlanta. I don't, I don't know that Atlanta is going to be saying, you know what our problem is? You know who we need? Remember Julius that guy Randall. we were playing last year yeah. that we completely shut down? That guy. Yeah, we need him. No, we can fix him. <laughs> it's like mm. $6 million. Man. We, we broke him. him. Maybe we can fix him too. We have the technology. Yeah. <laughs> We can fix it. He's a lot more than $6 million. <laughs> that would be a bargain. Absolutely. Harry's in Brooklyn. What's up, Harry? You're next on 98.7. Yeah, Durant uh, is not going to get rid of Irving because he knows that he needs Irving in order to win a championship. He knows he's, he's, not, he's not like LeBron. He can't do this by himself in terms of, of being competitive without a, a, a Robin on his, you know, on his squad. So he's not going to get rid of him. He's going to keep he's going to keep Irving regardless of what everybody's saying about him. Well, I, I think that yeah, he obviously needs a, a, a running partner. I mean, all good teams need another great player. It can't just be one guy. The problem with Irving is is that Irving knows the power he has. So if the Nets say, "Hey, we're going to trade you," he's already brought up before. If anybody trades me, I'm just going to retire. So they can't get anything back for him. So the Nets are now stuck with Kyrie Irving. Yeah. I think that's the real issue. That is. By the way, uh, Marte just got hit, Gordon. Wow. So it's not 18. Look, the Mets lead the league in everything, Larry. They, <laughs> they, they're, they're not happy with just leading the league in the offense. They want to get hit by more pitches. Oh, they want, they're doing everything, this team. They're unbelievable. And, and, and Red you, hot. And, and they're very sensitive. <laughs> well, at some point, time. right, yeah, sure. You guys keep getting hit every single day. I mean, they, what is it, 19 now? Uh, 18. And How Show many Walter. games have they played? 15? Yeah, yeah. And Showalter is just out, out there, of course, talking and checking on this guy. But, you know, he's uh, you know, also just making a statement, just patrol, just rolling out there, you know. Yeah. Just rolling out there. Yeah. Uh, 18 games. The Mets have – they have a hit batter yeah. for every game. Look at that. 
Yeah, 162. You know, it's gonna they're gonna yeah. make the, look out Ron Hunt, right? That That's was the right. guy who that had the old record, or Don yeah. Baylor or somebody. Yeah, exactly. Sacco's in the Big Apple. Hey, Sacco, you're next on 98.7. Hey, hi, Larry. Hey, what's up, man? God, uh, listen what I have to say. Mm-hmm. Please, KD is overrated. This is what we do in New York City. We overrate the player. The real KD, he was that guy who was playing in Oklahoma City. That mm-hmm. guy scored two points in the fourth quarter in the final against Golden State. He find the real situation in the Golden State where the layoff on the dunk was available to him. Except that one KD is nothing more than Carmelo Anthony. I don't know, Sacco. Um, thanks for the phone yes. call. I, I'm, I, I understand you're entitled to your opinion, but KD is such a efficient player. He had a bad series. Had the bad three games. Was much better last night. This was closer to the Kevin Durant that we that we expect to see. He is a future Hall of Famer. He is clearly one of the best. What top tens of the seventy five? I'm sure he was of the top of you know best seventy five players in NBA history. Now the updated version that grew from fifty um for the 75th anniversary of the league no i, I i'm not going to say that he's overrated has he had some bad series yeah a lot of players have but he is he is not an overrated player he is everything that's advertised for his size his ability to shoot his ability to shoot the three his ability to get to the basket he can he can play defense he can rebound he does everything now is he as good as he was after the injury from a scoring standpoint gordon i would say yes uh, is he as consistent as he was? Well, not this time, but I, not for the past month. But I would have to say, Gordon, he's playing like 48 minutes a game. Yeah, he's not getting a lot of help. No. He's not getting a lot of help. I mean, his coach is not really a coach. Now, that's his fault, but the coach is not really helping him out. Uh, his running partner did not have a very good series. There was not a whole lot of depth on the Nets this year. So, uh, it really shouldn't have been that much of a surprise, especially when the guy's been playing 43, 45 minutes. I mean, the guy's been playing all these crazy minutes. Yeah. Unfortunately, Kevin Durant is an unbelievable all-time great player. Mm-hmm. The problem for Kevin Durant was he was a terrible general manager. He yeah. picked the absolute worst guy to team up with, and he thought he could make it work because of, I, I don't know, uh, ego, whatever, friendship, whatever you want to say, and he picked the wrong guy. man. To think that he left Golden State. <laughs> and did so to play with Kyrie Irving. Oh, my God. That There's going to be a 30 for 30 about that someday, Larry. No, it's going to be a 50 for 50. <laughs> I mean, who knows where this thing's going down the road? This is supposed to be the glory days. Can you imagine after they give Kyrie, what is it, like five years and $250 million? Oh, yeah. Ha, 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 Thanks to Kevin Durant. Yeah. Thanks to Kevin Durant. Because what was what was the rumor? I don't know if it's true, but the rumor was people were saying, well, you know, we'll take it. Do you have to bring Kyrie, KD? Do, do, does he have to come with you? I mean, there was there was rumors Oof. that that's what some teams were saying. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's unfortunate. And I, look, it's a first-round sweep is bad. Okay, for a team with that talent, it's bad. But can we not just think that Kevin Durant is now – just a player in the NBA? No, that's – I mean, they, they, people always got to go carry uh, – I mean, that's like the people saying about his legacy was on the line. Yeah, and the, I mean, stop. that's just dopey. Come on. Stop. The guy's got jewelry. He's got hardware already. Yeah. yeah. And he was not – he was not a pa- – you know, all due respect to Charles Barkley. You can't – when the guy wins the finals MVP, you can't say he was a passenger on the no. team that won the finals. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. That's, that's stupid. No, can't do it. So, um, I think it's a good time, Gordon. You ready? I am. When we return, Gordon Damer predicts. Jets, Giants, who are they going to pick? So break open your piggy bags, get the shekels ready. We'll do it next on 98.7 ESPN. The Mets with a 3-0 lead over St. Louis as the Cardinals bat in the bottom of the ninth. And uh, the Mets just trying to continue to up their record. They would be 9-3 and three with a road victory today. This 9-3 and three on the road, Gordon. So they've, uh, you know, 
They've gotten it done, man. Home, road, Uh good teams, bad teams. Uh Uh-oh. Okay, it's in the ballpark. There you go. All right. Uh, They've done good things. Uh, Quickly, before we uh, start playing our our football music to get you in the mood for Gordon's predictions, just to keep you updated on what's going on in the NBA playoffs, Miami eliminated Atlanta 4-1 with a 97-94 win. Memphis leads that series 3-2 after a 111-109 win over Minnesota. John Morant is just, he's just, he's ridiculous. He's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. And Phoenix leading New Orleans 59-46 at halftime. And you know, Gordon, it's it's so funny. Uh, These playoffs are going to also going to be known for injuries, right? I mentioned earlier that Butler had knee information, inflammation. He was out for game five with the heat. Uh, Zach Levine enters protocol as the Bulls face elimination. I mean, it's it's you know. I thought this was the story of last year's playoffs. Yeah, well, I don't I don't want a replay of of last year's playoffs. I want something new. I want a nice, healthy. Too late for that. I know. You know with the and and of course we know Joel Embiid's playing with the with the fin- a, a sprained mm-hmm. thumb and ligament damage in his thumb, and you've got Chris Middleton who's out, and you've got. You know, Booker, who's out, it's just, it's, it's. Guys are dropping like flies. They are. War of attrition. They really are. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get our football music. Gordon Damer predicts who the Jets and Giants will take in the NFL draft that you can hear right here Thursday night at 7 on 98.7 ESPN. All right, well, Larry, I've been I've been looking at all the different mock drafts. I've been Mm -hmm. looking at all the different reports. I've been looking at the betting markets. In the last, well, maybe not last week, but in the last 72 hours, things have completely flipped at the top of the draft. Really? Uh, Walker, who was going to be the second pick, Hutchinson was going to be the first pick. That has changed. Now it seems like a foregone conclusion that the Jaguars are going to take Walker with the number one pick and that Hutchinson will last in number two with the Lions. I would not trust the Jaguars as far as I could throw them. They feel like it could. The problem with this year's mock draft is not just about the quarterbacks. It doesn't seem like anything's set in stone. Mm -hmm. But you have two organizations that you just cannot complete. I mean, you talk about not being able to trust the Nets. You can't trust the Jaguars to do something functional, and you can't trust Houston. To think that in the last week they haven't made up their mind. They knew they they were going to have the number one pick for months. And still, they don't know. So I'm going to assume it's Walker, Hutchinson off, 1-2 right there. Okay. Houston will do something strange. Hmm. Hold on one second. I got I to cough here one second. Larry. Okay. Still battling a little something. Gotcha. Houston at number three, I think, could throw everything into chaos. Hmm. Because I think at number three, they are going to take Derek Stingley. The really? cornerback out of LSU. Wow. Wow. Most people have Sauce Gardner as the number one cornerback. Mm-hmm. Houston just needs players right now. The fact that they would be looking at a, at a cornerback who's injury prone, that's just a weird decision to me. I, he might project to be Darrell Revis. I don't care. They need so many things there. That does not seem like the right way to go. So then mm-hmm. the Jets are on the clock at mm-hmm. four. So today Dick. I'm trying to Dick. put myself – in the mind of Joe Douglas. Hmm. To me, Joe Douglas has got three needs, and he's got two picks in the first round. The Jets obviously need a number one receiver, right? They like, they've tried to do that before. Mm-hmm. The offensive line is still a question. And since you were knee-high to a grasshopper, the, jo- the Jets have been looking to add a pass rusher. It's yep. been a very long time since the Jets have had a pass rusher. So Mm -hmm. which way do they go? There's a lot of receivers here. There's some offensive linemen that are still on the the board here because the way things have broken down. I think that Joe Douglas almost approaches this like, you know what, i got to solve this once and for all. He's a former offensive lineman. They built it through the offensive line and the teams that he's been with in the past. The Jets at number four will take Icky Aquanu. Icky Aquanu to the Jets at number four. Wow. 
Wow. If they get anything out of Becton at left tackle, okay, fine. Then you got a great right tackle. You built this offensive line. He said he was going to spend resources on the offensive line. They have. And even though their offensive line is better than it was, I don't think they have a long-term solution at left tackle with Becton. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't seem like – he seems like he's on the road to bust town. Mm -hmm. And I think that Icky Aquanu, Larry, Right. That will be the pick of the Jets at number four. Wow. So no no pass rusher. Sorry, guys. No, no pass <laughs> rusher there. Not yet. They got another, we got another one. We got another okay. pick coming up. You never gotcha. know. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, well, I'll get to that a little bit later. Giants on the clock. Yes. Number five. Mm-hmm. A lot of talk about offensive line. Lots. A lot of talk about Sauce Gardner because of James Bradbury expected to be moved at some point. Wink Martindale's defensive system. Pass rusher, certainly. You never have enough of those guys. Kayvon Thibodeau still on the board. Is that a guy that the Giants might target? No, Larry. At number five, the New York Giants will select offensive lineman Charles Cross. Wow. He is at plus 250 right now. Not that much of a surprise. I, I could see the Giants maybe going Evan Neal, but I think that I'm going to go with the more likely scenario here, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go with Charles Cross as the Giants pick at six, uh, at five. At six okay. is the Panthers. A lot of people have mentioned about how they think that they're going to go quarterback. They, I don't think they're going to go quarterback. You go quarterback if you're a head coach like uh, Matt Rule is, all of a sudden you're, you're starting the clock on, your, uh, on, on, on getting fired, right? Yeah. That's true. So I think that they'll probably go with whatever alignment is left over. So if the Giants were to go with Neal, they would take Cross. I think the Giants are going with Cross, so I think Neal falls there. The best pick about this entire thing, I feel very confident, Sauce Gardner to the Giants at number seven. Wow. That is not uh, – that's at plus 250 as well, so you can't really make all that much money there. Mm-hmm. But Thibodeau will be off the board by the time the Jets select – I think the top wide receiver will be off the board. Drake London, Williams, whoever that is, he'll be off the board. I think at number 10, the Jets will select Jermaine Johnson, mm. the, the edge rusher. They finally get their pass rusher, Larry. They get a lineman, and they get an edge rusher. And right now, Jermaine Johnson for the 10th pick is plus 1,000. Ooh. 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 And I heard something very interesting. A lot of people say at 10, the, J- the Jets will select a wide receiver, right? I don't think so. And I, and I, and I can see if the, the Niners say, all right, Debo Samuel's available, the Jets might say, you know what? We can't turn this down. We got to give up the 10th pick. But it seems like this is uh, something the other people were saying. All the times that they tried to get a receiver this offseason, they were only willing to trade the two number twos. They weren't mm-hmm. willing to move that number one. Mm-hmm. So if you're only willing to trade those number twos then, why would you be taking a guy who's unproven at number 10 as a receiver? It doesn't make exactly. any sense. Right, right. So I think Jermaine Johnson is going to be the pick there at 10. So there you go. That's how we'll break down. Jets, Iki Aquanu and Jermaine Johnson. Giants, Charles Cross, and Sauce Gardner. You know what, uh, Gordon, what's interesting? Yeah. What's interesting is the jo- Johnson's been rising up a lot over yes. the past couple of weeks. I he was really actually is. tempted to take him at number four. Mm-hmm. If there were some way where the offensive line, like if the things had broken the way it looked like originally where Hutchinson would go one and maybe two offensive linemen were already off the board by four, mm-hmm. I think yeah. Jermaine Johnson would be the pick there. But if you have your pick of offensive linemen, you don't have a long-term answer at left tackle, and your GM is a former lineman who yeah. just got the quarterback in place and has to surround him with the wall, mm-hmm. I think that's the way the Jets go. And it is interesting because what he's also done is he's, he's trying to mix his line, right? He's trying to mix it with veterans and young players. So, you know, he's got the free agent veterans. They're going to teach you how to, how to play, how to block, how to be mean and nasty and so forth. And then, you know, as they transition and teach you how to play your young linemen, then your young linemen get better and better. And then this way you you sign those guys, one two-year contract. Well, you know, boom, see ya. <laughs> Thank you for teaching my young linemen how to play. Goodbye. And now you have a really pretty good young line that you can grow with. 
and your young quarterback. And if, if there would be no point to take the quarterback number two last year unless you fix the offensive ter- line long term. Yep. There's no point on drafting a quarterback if you're not going to have the offensive line. So I think that that's what sure. Joe Douglas like. This is it's it's about winning time now for the for the for the Jets, right? You got you got to start winning some games. You got to start putting some things in place. So I think sticking with both lines there. I definitely don't think the Jets go corner. I know some people have Sauce Gardner mocked yeah. to them there. I don't see that being a fit at all. Mm-hmm. I think that there is the possibility that the wide receiver goes 10, but I think that that's more of a, of a, of a reach. I think that definitely they're going to be looking for pass rusher and offensive line. And, and with the three linemen being on the board, there's a possibility that maybe they like Evan Neal more or maybe they like Charles Cross more. But I think Kwanu is the best of the bunch there. Mm-hmm. That's the way they go. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. And – it's such a deep field draft for receivers. You can get receivers, good receivers in the second round. They got a great one last year. I mean, they love Elijah Moore. Yeah. I mean, you can find receivers at every spot. And it just seems like this year, like unless they wanted to take the kid Jamison Williams who got hurt, mm-hmm. he seems like three years down the road, he's going to be the best of the bunch, right? He, he's kind of like the true X kind of receiver. But do you want to go and draft that guy when he's not going to be healthy to start the year, no. when there's some pressure on you to win some games? No, I'm not so, so sure, especially when you can fi- – you know, you can't find great left tackles in the second round. It's very no. rare. That's right. And, and look, you may be able to find a pass rusher here or there, but uh, I think that when you have the spot there at number 10, you can, you can add to that mix with, uh, with Lawson. Who knows what Lawson's going to be now coming back yeah. from that injury? I don't know. As an Achilles, an Achilles? Yeah. I don't know, Gordon. I don't know. Yeah. And the defense I don't know how good he was anyway. And I'm just saying, I mean, it's not fair to him, but, I mean, he was going against Becton, who was struggling. I don't know. I don't know how good he was or how bad Becton was. Yeah, I'm not true. real sure. Yeah. I don't that, know. That could absolutely be part of it. And, and when you take a look at, at the influx of, you know, all the quarterbacks now in the AFC. Yeah. You want your quarterback to be good, but if you can't do that, the best way to, to, to kind of counter it is to get after those quarterbacks, and you have to have a pass rusher. And you have to have an offensive line because the other thing you can do is help your quarterback is you can run the football, and then you've got some really good tight ends, and you've got mm-hmm. a young receiving core, and you get to pick up, you know, you add some draft, you get some speed, you get a guy to take the top off. You know, you got Barrios coming back. I don't know if he's going to have the same season he had last year, but, you know, at least he's a guy that you've got some, you know, that your young quarterback has some history and some chemistry with, and that's, that's good. So, you know, I, I, I like where you went. I'm in this, you know, everybody knows I'm a, you know, trenches guy. That's mm-hmm. how you build your team. You got to build. I don't care what offense you play or what defense you play. It's not going to work if you can't get pressure on the quarterback or keep pressure off the quarterback. It's not going to work. I don't care what it is. I don't care what you do. Pistol, five wides, run and shoot. I don't care what it is. <laughs> yeah, there's no offense that's running for your life. That one's nope. not very effective. No, doesn't work. And believe me, I've seen a few of them. It doesn't work. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't work. When we return, another battle for the Sopranos who just continue to just mow down the competition. And we might have some answers with Aaron for Gordon Damon. You know what? This could be a very friendly night for Aaron. We might see some judges and some Rizzies, a lot of nicknames. Could be a lot of nicknames tonight, Gordon. Could be. I don't know if we'll be a chappy, but there might be some other things. <laughs> we'll tell you next on 9870 ESPN. Is this a nice calming influence for you, Gordon, just to kind of relax you a little bit? You think? I, I, is this Juice Newton? It is Juice Newton. Juice that's, a good, Newton? that's a good job out of you, Gordon. Oh, come on. You can't, you can't stump me with, like, 80s is that Is come that on. Cam's brother or cousin or something? No. Okay. She has no relation. All right. That would be a really strange connection. If she it is. would be. It would be. Unlike. And, and you know what? It's not bad compared to the original. No. It's not. It's very good. It's very good. So, you know, sometimes the covers are not great. <laughs> no. Juice Newton had it going on. She had a little juice going there for a little while. Yeah, no question. She's got a couple of hits. Yeah, no doubt about it. She's no, no Sheena Easton, but, you know. Well, you know, not many are. Uh, exactly right, Larry. <laughs> exactly right. Not many are. All right, here we go. Here's the Sopranos music. Gordon, we're gonna try it again. How long have we been doing this now? Eight days. Eight, uh, this eight, is uh, days? this. I believe it's today is our eighth day. Wow. Uh, let's see what the final the final tally was uh, yes. yesterday. 
the guys who are running, I blame them because uh, the, the station account never retweeted it. So the summertime was doomed to fail, uh, unfortunately. It seems that my <laughs> yeah. followers have far higher Sopranos quotients than uh, the typical mm-hmm. station listeners. So, yes, yes this, today is day number eight of okay. the Sopranos Challenge, the, the yes. quest to find anything. Anything. Larry is begging right now. He is. He's begging. <laughs> he is regret. We. I floated this as an idea to him. He's. Oh yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, I'll take a. How long could that possibly take? Two weeks in. Larry is looking for the door, people. So if you Listen, love Larry I'll- as much as everybody says they do, help him out. Get him out of this Sopranos challenge. We got to get something before we end it. I'm ready to take Roscoe's idea in a minute. <laughs> well, well, that's one way to end it. It might also end our careers and end the show, but. It'll be over. <laughs> yeah, it will be. Sweet relief, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, All right so, so to we, recap. Yes, um, Yeah, last night, summertime did not do that well. No. Uh, coffee's off the table, Thanksgiving dinner, pizza, puppies, massages, which didn't do too well either. Mm-hmm. Uh, chocolate chip cookies. Got us banned for a day. Got us banned for a day, yeah. <laughs> That's Brian McGee's effect. <laughs> So what do you got? You got a suggestion here, Larry, to put this out of our, our misery? Or are we no, going to somebody I, no, else? No, I think tonight is going to be Ty Butler's night. Oh, Ty Butler. All right, oh. let's see. Yes, On the spot here. Be, yeah. Tonight's going to be no, Ty What you got? Preparation. Right, how about free food? Free food. Everyone loves free food. Free food. Okay. We can try. Well, I mean, it's a little nondescript, but we'll, we'll, well, well. Because when it's free, you love it. Right. I, I, I like the suggestion we had earlier. Right. Um, the uh, yes. The no. Are we we are all word. aware. Let's not tiptoe around it too much. Let's just move on. We can get even more specific. Yeah, about, we don't you know. know. The, the we want to be of... less. We want to be less specific. <laughs> well, we want, did, to, we I... want to get as specific as far away from what Roscoe well, was. Started, I did say massages. Yeah, there you yeah, go. I, exactly, and that did not do that well. You know, people can get a normal massage for those people listening out mm-hmm. there. You know, yeah. you don't have to get the Robert Kraft special. I mean, there are other types of massages out there. So if you don't like free food, we can get a little bit more, you know, more descriptive. Well, look, it's up to the people. We can flirt with fire, if you will. Play with fire. It, it's up mm-hmm. to the flirt people. Sopranos, free food, what do you enjoy more, people? Yes. And check this out. That has just been retweeted by the station. Oh, my gosh. And by me. Big moment. There you go. Larry, Larry's looking to, to, to get the troops together here. That's it. At hardest to ESPN, that ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM at Gordon Damer. Free food. I got to tell you something. He he might be on to something. He though. might be on to something. He might be I can't something. imagine people didn't like sunshine or summertime, but I know. What do I know? But but I think food is the way to go. I mean, pizza, your idea of pizza was very I know, close. but yes, but we've tried all these different foods and none of them, we have not mentioned a price tag before. Yeah. And they keep going down in flames. Maybe we should have said free pizza. <laughs> Man, maybe. Maybe that's for next week. Yeah, maybe that would have been the answer. All right, well, let's find out. Okay, Gordon, it's time to go to the ballparks. Let's head oh, up to Yankee goodness. Stadium. All right, and we will have a uh, Answers with Aaron segment in a second with this. But as you guys hit the baseball music, let's hear from the victorious Yankee skipper Aaron Boone. Oh, he's good. The way things are going, Gordon, he's going to be—he's uh, going to be outstanding Thursday on the Michael K Show. He's, uh, he's always very positive. Yeah, but, but yeah, he's now he's a, got a reason to be positive. Yeah, I can't imagine. Now I can't imagine what he—I mean—he's going to be real relaxed. The nicknames could be flowing oh, this weekend judgy. on the Michael K Show. Oh, Rizzy, Riz, Chappie, sure, oh, Chappie. You know, uh, what's 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 IKF's nickname? <laughs> what is he has him? Iffy. <laughs> What what is he going to use for him? Kiny. Kiny. There you go. There you go. All right. So we begin with the Yankee skipper. And he was asked, and this is a tricky one, Gordon, because, you know, uh, Anthony Rizzo had a fantabulous night tonight. Not one, not two, but three home runs. So the Yankee skipper was asked about Rizzo so far this season. Just intangibles, who he is in the room. He's been he's been terrific. Um, big hits. Um, what I saw was, you know, I, I, I kind of sold out to that thing up and in, and, and sort of got to it, but thought definitely foul. Um, and usually, I I don't usually even watch. I always watch the hitter because they'll kind of tell you. But something told me to turn and watch this thing. 
and and it and it just started coming back and the pop-up he caught the inning prior really came back too so i don't know if didn't seem like a lot of wind i don't the way he just kind of cut it, it and and it sliced on him but it was an odd ball flight for sure so you got bonus boon there gordon you got his his you got his thoughts on riz mm. so far this season and then he gave you what his view was on riz third home run which was weird because i thought it was fine as he did and so all of a sudden uh somebody opened the door in the stadium and it blew back fair there you go whatever you got to do <laughs> makes it happen yep speaking of three home runs you know what aaron boone the offense has been heating up lately huh yeah i think just um overall making making some better swing decisions um you know guys settling in a little bit and uh you know not always chasing that result, chasing win the pitch, have a good at bat, you know. Um, and, and we're seeing that more now. Yeah, you know, I go back to the day, uh, the Saturday game, where I thought, you know, when we end up coming back and winning, but I thought we had just a ton of good at bats. It could have been an explosive run scoring. It wasn't. We came back to win. And then obviously the last two nights now, double digits, is it's great to see. Um, but I think guys are just getting settled more and really focusing on, on you know, making really good swing decisions, and I feel like that's improved. Yeah, there's no question there is a difference, Gordon. And uh, you knew they were going to, you knew they weren't going to stay that way, offensively challenged the way they were, as bad as they were. This is now, this is more what we're used to seeing and what you hope to see if you're a Yankee fan with this team, which is the ball going out of the ballpark and multiple guys getting on base with the balls going out of the ballpark. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that those first two weeks of the season, it was like pulling teeth. Like, even when you got a guy on base, more times than not, that's that's where they would end. <laughs> that yeah. was the end of the story. If they got to second base, you, they, you didn't move from there. I mean, that game against the Orioles where they, they started both extra innings with the guy on second base, and, and neither of them moved from second base, and they lost the game. So it's good to see. You know, guys are starting to round into form, right? We're starting to get into the third week of the season, fourth week of the season. Some guys who started hot maybe will cool off, but the Yankees had a bunch of guys who had really been cold to start, and uh, that has thankfully changed, and yeah. hopefully it keeps going this way. Absolutely. Luis Severino was your starter tonight. Six innings, three hits, four runs, all learned, two walks, five Ks, one home run. He threw 77 pitches, 50 for strikes, an ERA of 3.32 at the end of the evening. So, Aaron Boone, what did you see from your starter tonight? thought he was good um i thought you know tough conditions out there a little bit um just kind of damp and whatever um you know i thought his i thought his fastball life lost started to lose a little bit there at the end um but you know he pitched again you know uh you, you saw a little bit of everything you know the different shapes he the different shapes and velocities able to use with the slider the changeup was once again really important pitch for him he stepped on some heaters when he needed to you know uh, carrying what no hitter perfect game into the six i mean that's that's pretty good i i felt like he did run out of gas might have been a little bit the conditions and stuff tonight just being damp and, and misty and everything so but but a strong start there's no question. He looked really good, Gordon, and he's looked really good this season, and I'm happy for him, even as a Met fan, because, uh, you know, he was he was he was your going to be your ace. Absolutely. Right? He he started out so well, and then to have all the injuries and then not get back on to be able to pitch and and I love the really the one thing I really respect about him was his fastball, Gordon. That. When he if he threw ninety eight in the first inning, in the seventh inning, he was still throwing ninety eight. And it's rare that you find a pitcher that can hold his velocity throughout the game. Yeah, and I just think back to spring training when he came down with that little bit of soreness and you're thinking to yourself, Oh boy, here we go again. This guy's just never gonna be healthy, he's never gonna be back. And look, it's very early, we're still in April, but it feels like this is progress, right? Like this is what you were hoping to see coming out of the gate after waiting to see basically for two years to see him get back. He's kind of been back. Now, he's not gone deep into games yet, but hopefully that is to come. And hopefully he's not going to, you know, backslide here and, and, and come down with something new. But, man, when you came into this season not knowing what to expect, this is more than you could have expected at this point from Severino. Now, if you get, uh, you know, Gary Cole to pitch like yeah. he did in his last outing, mm -hmm. you got a nice one, too, up there, Gordon. Got I'll nice say this. Too. I think the Yankees are deeper 
in terms of starting pitching than they have been in a very long time. I mean, between mm-hmm. Nestor Cortez and Montgomery's been super, it's been fantastic. I mean, I don't know when Herman is ever going to come back, but if yeah. he ever comes back, I mean, they have a lot of pitching now, and even some guys in the bullpen who could be forced to in in a spot go into the rotation. So, yeah, Yankee pitching has been uh, has been pretty solid so far, and if Cole can can build on last time, man, they're in good a good spot. King has looked real good, Gordon. This oh, year. I love Michael King. Love him. Real good. Billy has. Are right, you ready? I am. You know what time it is. Answers with Aaron. It's when Gordon Damer tries to meld minds with the Yankee skipper. And this one, Gordon, we decided was perfect for you. Mm. Perfect for you. Aaron Boone was asked about Joey Gallo's first home run of the season. Uh, he will say something, oh, good for him to, to finally get his first one, you know, when the way he hit it, you know, we just know he has that kind of power to go. He can hit it out of anywhere. So I feel like he's been having some good at-bats. He's, he's put some good at-bats together. But to see the production now, we know the kind of production that Joey is capable of, so it was good to see it tonight. Aaron Boone on Joey Gallo's first home run of the season. I mean, that's, that's a long way to go there. And he hit it. I think he knew it right away, which, which you know, I think speaks to his kind of power. And, and I thought he had some good at-bats after that. Just <laughs> missed the ball. I think that he popped up to – to left I felt like he was all over so you know hopefully that's something that continues to get him settled last few games for him he's had some important at bats where you know had a big RBI doubles had some hits and some walks so you know hopefully he's starting to get settled because when he does he's he's he can really impact I think that's a whole I think that's even deeper than the home run hit I mean like (laughs) I hit on everything yeah you did good I was thinking about going with swing decisions, but I just said, you know, he's coming around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. And he did. And he did. Last one from Aaron Boone on holding leads versus Baltimore. Good to see us continue to add on because it's not going to be perfect every night. You know, obviously our bullpen's been, you know, about as lights out as you can. There were some, there were some weird things that happened out there. You know, I thought the Santander ball off the bat was going to be a fly ball to left field turns into a three-run homer you know you're two outs and low comes in and and you know hangs a breaking ball they get another three ball on it so um it was it was important tonight that we continue to add on it was good to see the offense really support the pitching because obviously the pitching you know has really in a lot of ways carried us uh to this point early on yeah it was a good night to be a yankee fan gordon good night good night good night Home runs, solid starting pitching. Chappie got out of one for you. It was a good night. He did not do it. With, uh, he might not have been sweating, but I think the rest of us were. <laughs> this is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.